Yo, yo, yo. What is up, Thought Warriors? Is higher learning. Zai Van Lathan. What's up, y'all? It's me, Rachel Lindsay. Rachel, so you're in LA now. I'm in LA now. You're in, you're, LA. Your you're in LA. I see. You, it's not I looking good. It Y'all had this heat wave, this massive heat wave. Couldn't breathe walking outside. Now it's gloomy outside. What's up with the weather here? I'm coming from Miami. You know, sunshine, blue skies. Ain't no y'all. We talking about it's us. You didn't move. You ain't with the Florida shit. It, no it, it ain't us yet. You know what I'm saying? I've been it's, here three no, it's days. It's us. It's us. I mean, really, be honest with you. Not only is it us, they can't. So many people are not watching with Spotify. You done already chosen up. Look at you flamed up, all red right here. You just you didn't just touch down <laughs> in the city. I'm a Delta. I'm a Delta. Nah, I'm man. A Delta. Nah, that looked like a little Pyru action right there. Call Chris Stop. Brown flamed Don't up. Pyru me. All the way. All the way. Look, eventually, if you're in the city long enough, somebody gonna pull your coat. You're gonna have to have some type of connection as far as to you know if you go if you want to move around if you just want to stay in West I'm gonna Hollywood. I'm gonna say I know Van. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Oh, well, nah, nah, it's not, it's not gonna work for you. <laughs> not in these streets. Um, look, I, here's the thing. We could go with our pleasantries back and forth, uh, but we got a guest and we got to talk about this. This is an interesting thing. I woke up, actually, it wasn't, wasn't even waking up. It's last, last night. It's last night. It's last night. Last night, I go, I'll tell you the thought words what happened. Last night, I go on to Twitter, right? I'm looking at Twitter. And I see Odell Beckham Jr. is, is trending on Twitter. And I think that Odell Beckham Jr. is trending because there's been some football news. It is the right. football offseason. He got exactly. traded. He got traded. You know what I mean? Uh, something's happened. Like, he's no longer with the Browns. Only for me to find out that somebody is saying he's really, really, really with the Browns. And this is the reason why <laughs> he's trending He's trending on Twitter. Uh, it, it happened to be that there is a, a podcast that we've talked about on uh, this program before. The podcast, I think, is called Thoughts Next Door. Um. And it stars Selena Powell, who you guys is very infamous uh, in these Twitter streets, Instagram streets. And they had a lady on there named Slim Danger. Slim Danger made some uh, explosive allegations about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. She said 
about personal stuff about Odell. She said Odell Beckham Jr. likes to get shit, shit on. That's what she said. Everybody knows. She said that on the podcast. Now. Um, uh, and, and not to take a bath. And not to take a bath. She said that she had had a dalliance with Odell Beckham Jr. She had flown out. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. told her not to take a bath and that he likes to get shit on. Okay. These are the types of things that people run crazy with on Twitter. I don't so much care about that. If that happened to be what Odell was into, then whatever. That's Odell, yeah. But from this, another conversation spawned. And that conversation talked about the responsibility of the platform that this podcast is on, No Jumper, which is owned by a guy that I know pretty well named Adam22. Uh, the, the conversation is around whether or not Allegations like that that are unfounded against high-profile black men. This one is Odell Beckham Jr. One before this was Trey Songs. Uh, whether or not No Jumper is feeding on these guys in order for content, me and Rachel were going to have this conversation. But since I know Adam, I thought it would be interesting to have the conversation with him. And Adam22 is here right now on Higher Learning. Adam, what's up, bro? Hello, Van. Hello, Rachel. Nice to meet you. How are you guys doing? <laughs> nice to meet you too, Adam. <laughs> all right. You've heard the criticism. All right. Yeah. First right. of all, I've, I've been on No Jumper before. We did a fantastic interview on No Jumper. I think it was mm. a year ago or something like that. I've been on No Jumper before. A lot of up-and-coming artists are on No Jumper. First of all, for our audience who might not really understand what the content or what the platform really is, why don't you kind of go into them and tell them a little bit more about kind of the, the content that you guys put out over there? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, because I started doing interviews with rappers before that I was doing interviews with like BMX riders and stuff because that was kind of always my line of work and uh, had always just been like a huge rap fan my whole life. And then once I started to kind of step outside of doing just BMX rider interviews, I started to sort of interview a bunch of dudes who went on to basically blow up through like the whole SoundCloud wave. Um, so that kind of just became like my lane where everybody started to kind of look to me whenever, you know, like XXS and Tassion stands up. But like when he came out and all of a sudden you had all these kids on SoundCloud talking about him, it became like a very obvious thing of like, oh, you should do no jumper. So, you know, I've always kind of found that I think that the biggest thing like in terms of a change that we sort of ushered in was kind of like the idea that all of these rap personalities are interesting enough that they make for good content and, and good interviews and they're interesting to learn about even outside of like them necessarily blowing up on a you know more mainstream or like sales-based level like I, I feel like you know there's a certain level that you have to be at to hit like a breakfast club clearly you have to be at a pretty high level to hit like a, you know, a Joe Budden interview or something like that. Whereas for me, it's kind of like, you know, if you're a guy who's got a buzz in your neighborhood or your city and you got a couple million plays on a song, then I mean, you I, put you, you I put look them to on. service those fans that want to yeah. find out about those kind of guys. Hmm. Yeah. And See, women, and I, not just and guys. I, all good. And I think that that's great. I think that you give, you give artists a, a platform, you know, when they might not otherwise have it. And then, you know, now we've seen you give some other people a platform. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, well, well, here's my first question. Thought, thought next, thoughts next door. Is that what it's called? Thought next door, thought ventures. Um, do, did that pop off because of the viral 
video about Trey songs? Cause there are only a few episodes in, right? Or has that been around yeah, their podcast? Like I've interviewed Selena, I think three or four times over the past couple of years. And it's just always been a very clear thing where like she would get millions of views and people would be talking about it and it would go viral kind of outside of, uh, like our usual audience. And then this most recent time it went like mega viral after a friend told the story about the sons. And then, mm. I mean, Selena's always been trying to get me to give her a podcast on no jumper. And I think after that recent time, she kind of like really doubled down and was like, I want to do this. I want my friend Eliza to, to do it with me. I, I like, I'm moving to LA. We're going to do this. I think like Selena and her friend both feel this like extreme sense of loyalty to me because I fucking blew their only fans up and like made them rich basically. So, you know, and I kind of like slowly had this realization where it's like, I actually do believe in Selena and Eliza as like actual podcasters. I think that they really actually could have a bright future. And it's kind of ironic because I was telling them before this most recent podcast, I was like, like, let's try to like take a step back from the name dropping from the exposing people, because I think that there's kind of like a shorter shelf life in that. Like, I really want to see you guys sort of develop your personalities on camera to an extent where you don't feel like you have to rely on that kind of stuff. Cause you're going to run out of material in that sense. So then Selena, of course, brings on Chief Keef's baby mama and she immediately starts talking about getting pooped on, which kind of threw a stick in the spokes of what I, what I thought they were going to do on that episode. But, you know, once again, you see what happens. We went crazy viral again. Crazy I was going to ask you that. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you about where they go from there. Also, you should be getting a percentage off that OnlyFans if you, if you help blow it up. I mean, my girlfriend's too. I agree with that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I, I, so this is the question. So no jumper has done a lot for a lot of black artists, a lot of hip hop artists, right? I guess the criticism now is that though, when you have people on there and they're dropping names and they're talking about people and talking about very personal and intimate details, talking about very salacious shit. First of all, just real quick, before an accusation like that, when an accusation, when something like that is disclosed and it's going to come out, does anyone get in touch with any representatives from any of these guys that are these things are being said about and give them a heads up or talk to them and let them know that their names are being thrown about on the podcast at all? No, I mean, I found out about the Odell thing at exactly the same time that everybody else did on the live mm. stream because I was I was sitting in the other room just watching it on the live stream and they start saying this and I'm just like, what the f like, I couldn't believe it. You know, it's live. I really mm. had no idea that was coming. I, and you know, I, I very much like anticipated immediately that that criticism was coming where it's like, you know, this is starting to seem like a pattern. You have Trey songs who's dealing with a bunch of accusations. You have uh, like even somebody like academic Selena has had a whole bunch of shit to say about Trey's uh, Odell is obviously the new one. And, you know, from my perspective, it's like, I definitely see and realize that this is an issue uh, where you know, it's just starting to seem like sort of an eerie coincidence that the podcast, whenever these girls come on, sort of ends up gravitating towards like, oh, let's expose somebody. And, you know, I am definitely trying to, you know, sort of rein that in because I don't think that there's like a real long shelf life in that. Like, I think that there's a version of them sort of expressing their their hoe lifestyle, which they're pretty unabashed about. Like, that's pretty much what they're into without necessarily having to like you know, air all these guys out, especially with somebody like Odell. It's like, you know, I, I really believe that somebody, you know, has the right to be as freaky as they want in public. I mean, of course, in this case, it's like, apparently you kind of, uh, you chose a girl that maybe wasn't necessarily that trustworthy with your, you know, shit fetish secrets, allegedly, apparently. Um, 
so yeah, you know, I definitely see that that conversation unfolding now, and I, I kind of saw it happening as soon as I heard her say that. Where I, I was like, you know, this this is this is maybe not great. But Adam, like, how can you expect something more, honestly, from these women when that is what made them go viral? That is what gets them clicks. That is what garner how they garner attention is when they name drop, when they call out these people, and in particular, black men. Why why would we expect anything different from them? I mean, their their podcast is called they're they're calling themselves hoes in the name of their podcast. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I just am kind of banking on the long term growth of hopefully them being able to like develop into something bigger. Like I, like for me on a personal level, like Selena and Eliza just seem like they have such a like crazy devotion to me and the brand that and, and my my audience has just reacted to them in such an extreme way, like even the episodes where nobody gets called out or whatever are still doing like so many fucking views from our perspective. And I feel like it's just something that I want to kind of, you know, I wanted because that's always been a thing with the podcast is I've always wanted to like build out more hosts and like really have it, you know, feel like a, a, a YouTube channel or a podcast network of sorts where you have all these different shows that are sort of constantly going on. And like with Selena and them, I feel like that's kind of what I'm trying to sort of get past. Like I, I've always had a hard time sort of like, feeling like I was choosing employees. I feel like the employees always kind of choose me. And like, in the same way, I don't really feel like I chose to like give Selena a show. It's sort of like, it just became so evident and apparent that this was something that was going to do well and that she really wanted to do. And I sort of, you know, felt like I wanted to take on the, the responsibility of trying to like build them out into something better. And also the rappers as well, because you should, you should really check out their music. It's pretty good. Here's the thing. I, I don't... <laughs> You saying Selena and Eliza have good has dope have dope music? I'm just the one song they put out. I'm just saying it's pretty good. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. You know, it's like okay. So look, I, I I don't have a I don't have an issue with anybody getting on there and talking about the freaky shit that they do. Right? I don't. I don't have an issue with it. That they do, like themselves do. talking about it. That, no, I don't have an issue with that. I think there are plenty of podcasts out there that are, that are that are banked around that. I think the uncomfortability, and I we I, I called you this morning and told you about. it. I think the uncomfortability for me is that look. As a white dude being on no being in this space, right? A space where it's hip hop, it's black culture, you know, say, and I would say this, no jumper more than any other place. It's like a mishmash, right? Because it's black culture, but then it's also it's even a, a subculture to mainstream rap. So it's kind of like almost a, a weird sort of youth culture. Not weird, but like a youth culture. It's a very specific thing, right? Yeah. But still though, black guys. Dreads, talking about hip-hop, talking about all of these things. What it feels like is that, and this is kind of something that happens in these situations a lot, that, you know, we get comfortable with the guy that comes in and is doing all of this rap-based stuff, and then as soon as you're comfortable with it, now you become the prey. Now it's, look how fucked up Trey Songz is. Look how fucked up Odell Beckham Jr. is. Look how fucked up Ack is. Look like, we're about, boom, boom, we're going to all of this. This guy's this, this guy's that, this guy's that. And that right away makes people feel uncomfortable. And I know you've heard the term before. I saw you and Dame going back and forth and all of that stuff like that. I was supposed to be there that night. I'm glad I missed it. But um, uh, it, it seems like you, it seems like usury now. It seems like you are profiting off the viral clicks and the names and sort of the taking down of these brothers. You know what I'm saying? Now, the Trey Songz thing is a separate thing in terms of, what went on there and, you know, whatever's going on there and all of that, 
all of that different stuff. Like she she had very specific things that she said, but it seems as if it seems predatory in a way to a lot of people. What do you say to the fact that a lot of people think that you are blowing your shit up based upon taking down or cutting the legs off very prominent black men? Yeah, I mean, I get how that's how the optics could kind of work. But in reality, it's like I didn't know that any of that stuff was going to get said before it was said and it was all on live. So I didn't really have any like uh, ability to vet that or anything like from my. But you know that, you know, they would, you know, they were probably going to drop the name of somebody. And it was very, very likely going to be an athlete or rapper. Either guy is probably going to be black. Right. I mean, they do definitely tend to like sort of air out a lot of the crazy stuff that they've been involved with. I mean, I'm certainly not looking at it along racial lines. I mean, I've had them tell me that they only fuck with black dudes, period. Like as if the idea of like hooking up with me would be laughable because this is the only types of guys that they like. Um, you know, from from my perspective, like I don't like that because when I look at the majority of my content, because obviously, you know, I'm a little viral today. I was looking through Twitter. I'm seeing all these people saying like, you know, Adam used to do all these great hip hop interviews. And now he just does all these like whores talking about this and that. And I mean, I'm looking at my interview thing and it's like in the past month, I've done, you know, many, many dozens of interviews where if you were to actually explore the content, you know, like, like I would take my Benny the Butcher interview that came out a couple weeks ago and say that that's right up there with any Benny the Butcher interview. Like, I felt like it was an extremely respectful conversation. You're getting to see a version of him where he's completely comfortable having set, uh, a conversation with somebody who clearly respects his his art and his mental his you know his his mental fortitude and is treating him like an adult and that's really kind of always what I wanted to do on a personal level was to do interviews with rappers where we just kind of got to do the long deep in-depth conversation thing and you know I, I realized that by giving Selena and Eliza a show and sort of letting them just go off the rails that I run the risk of people being able to sort of shift the narrative and say, oh, look, this is actually what the majority of his content is, even though I completely disagree with that. And so for me, I mean, that, you know, again, that's kind of the reality that I'm sort of facing up to right now is that it's going to be, you know, like as I grow No Jumper into something bigger and bigger and develop more hosts and stuff, and we have more hosts who are going to have more shows over the course of the next couple of weeks, you know, it's, it's, I run that risk where it starts to, you be able to, you can kind of like craft the narrative once something happens a couple of times that goes extremely viral in comparison to all these other interviews that we do that, you know, our audience appreciates, but they don't necessarily gain the same level of attention. So, I mean, and I realize that I'm kind of doing the thing that is sort of contradictory to how most people argue on podcasts or whatever, which is to sort of like just defend themselves and their actions where it's like, I'm not necessarily sure that I'm handling things in the right way right now. And certainly in terms of how it's being perceived by people where, you know, is it, is it too toxic or too risky for me to sort of have the podcast gain the reputation of being this platform that, you know, frequently is just used to tear down successful black men, even though, I mean, that's something that I don't feel like I'm engaging in, but I mean, I, I definitely acknowledge, especially after today and watching this shit go viral, that this is, you know, certainly something that I got to be more conscious of. Yeah. I'm going to piggyback on what Van is saying, because I'll be honest, I wasn't familiar with No Jumper. I didn't even know who Selena was until the Trey Songs thing. So this is my first impression of it. So building on not just, um, 
you know, t- the, the way it's making black men look, but the exploitation of women, you know, the way that, and I'm not sure what the demographic is of your audience. I would venture on this to say it's, it's majority men. Um, I'm not sure what the hosts are, but I would also say it's majority men. So then you bring these two women on who are talking about, and, and, and Van and I kind of had this argument about women empowerment and is that, and I don't necessarily want to get into that, but it does seem like you're also exploiting women for clicks as well. Even though, yes, they are the host of this, you know, they are, it, it just seems as if you're using the platform where women are talking about themselves in this way and this way only. But I think that there's a reason why so many people are drawn to hearing those girls talk. And I think it's the same reason why so many of these successful rappers are perfectly happy to, you know, put themselves in a precarious position by having sex with them, which is that a lot of people seem to really relate to their worldview. And to say that I'm like exploiting them by just allowing them to have a platform where they speak honestly about their exploits. Like, I mean, that girl telling the story about sucking off the whole basketball team, you know, it really only takes on the exploitive context once you apply the filter that everybody on Twitter, et cetera, seems to have. Because if you sit there and listen to her talk about it, she seemed completely fine with it. It seems like she had a great time. And, you know, I was like laughing at it because I couldn't believe the fact that she actually seemed like so cool with with this story being aired out to the world, which I think was probably exemplified when her parents kicked her out of the house. But, um, you know, I, I, I see that perspective for sure, where there's like another female perspective that would be nice for No Jumper to be amplifying as well. Like if we, you know, were to give, you know, like I, I've thought of that before because, you know, we've, we've considered developing uh, shows with other people that are, you know, objectively maybe like very in the streets and maybe that seems weird because maybe we're putting people in a position where we're sort of acting as if we think that this is the only role that a black person can have as a as a commentator on the culture and you know I'm, I'm super aware of that that like any person we give a show is gonna then create like a a, a, a viewpoint of like this is what we think is important that's being that's valuable enough for the culture to have conversations about so I definitely feel that, but then at the same time, it's kind of like how like how am I supposed to come to some sort of resolution about the fact that their their show is so unbelievably popular already, and that this seems to be like a viewpoint that people are unbelievably fascinated in. Hmm. So the the TMZ guy is gonna the ex TMZ guy is gonna ask a question here, and it uh in it, it's gonna seem hypocritical to a lot of people, but I asked the question because I understand it. First of all. Like, I worked at a place for a very long time. We, we talked about this before to where people understand what it is that captivates people, right? Anything that has to do with sex. You have a whole country of people who, to a degree, are sexually repressed. So anytime somebody says, I am not sexually repressed, that person is going to captivate th- those people's interests. It's going to capture those people, right? No matter who it be. It could be Madonna on a stage somewhere, grabbing a crotch, or it could be somewhere on a podcast somewhere. That's very easy. That's the way that that goes. It's been like that since back in the day, right? Marilyn Monroe, whoever you want to have. Um, I guess what... So I don't have any issue with anyone expressing their sexuality on the podcast. I guess my thing is, and this is a question that we always ask, and we specifically ask it of, of I guess, you and Vlad and guys like that who are white dudes, but are making money with black culture. 
do you feel any sense, any sense of responsibility? And the reason why I ask that question is because the same question I used to ask over at TMZ. I used to ask that question to the white dude who ran that joint. Like, do you have, do you feel any sense of responsibility of what should and should not be said about black people on No Jumper? Yeah, of course. I mean, I feel responsibility for it, for sure. I mean, there's been interviews that we didn't run because, uh, you know, I thought somebody was too fucked up or talking too crazy or, or you know, saying something that was going to get them in trouble or whatever. I mean, part of the problem with that is that when you look at what rappers tend to actually, like, you know, become popular, a huge percentage of the people, and, like, I've had this problem since day one, or, like, a huge percentage of the people that they want me to interview are people that, you know, objectively are probably actively involved in, like, violent crime on some sort of regular basis, are doing drugs to some level that I'm not comfortable with. And I'm always kind of wrestling with that because especially, you know, like there's certain things like I I forget what it was, but there was an interview a long time ago where it was like, I'm interviewing some 18 year old kid. And he just like enthusiastically said like, yeah, I love Percocets. And I just like, I'm not at the point in my life where I can just sit there and be like, oh, that's cool. Like you, you like doing Percocets. Cause you know, I got friends who were, you know, people who had normal lives and then they ended up sleeping under the bridge off of Percocets. So, you know, I'm kind of constantly like having that sort of battle in my head of like, how do we accurately portray the culture without, you know, and, and, and give the people what they want without also acknowledging that some of what the people seem to want is maybe not necessarily the healthiest stuff in the long term. And I mean, it comes up all the time where there's like, you know, after FBG Doug got killed, it's like he has enemies, like popular rappers who are his enemies who are clowning his death on Instagram. And it's like, you know, he got killed over some gang warfare shit, basically. And if we amplify those comments of people saying those kind of things that are like clowning this dude after he dies, then it's like we are 100% basically like amplifying a situation that maybe is not going to be super big on its own as soon as we take that stuff and put it out there onto a different level. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a constant, uh, you know, sort of process of trying to figure out like to what extent are you accurately portraying the culture and to what extent are you sort of portraying your version of the culture or what you think is interesting about it? Okay. So let's say I'm you, right. And I run no jumper, right. Or I run, uh, TMZ, or I run any of those things like that. Right. Uh, a, a place that I worked at many years. Right. Um, so I, I think sometimes what people are afraid of, and I'll just speak for myself, the fear comes from the fact that that conversation is that you just said you're having with yourself is not being had either honestly or it's not being had in a way that is putting the health of the culture first, right? So like for so because you don't have to live in the communities that are affected by this, you can use it for commerce, right? And even though it, there, there might be a conscience or a sort of part of you that feels torn about it, there's no real ramifications because it's not your little cousins getting eat up in the street. It's not people who look like you getting fucked up. It's not anything like that. Meanwhile, with like with us, with me, with whomever else, you know, if we come off and, and, and we put things on and we hype shit like that and we push shit like that and we give shit like that air and juice and all of that stuff, then there's going to be something inherent that 
when people like us are getting eaten alive by it that we're going to feel. People get scared that you maybe don't feel that or people like you, not necessarily like, but, but don't feel like, like that. Is that fair? Is it fair for people to feel like, well, Adam's white. Adam is not in these communities. Adam doesn't live around these things. Adam's people aren't in danger. Adam, and so like, he doesn't really give a fuck about what's happening to people that this shit affects. He's just making a decision about, it's, it's like an editorial decision and not a cultural heart human decision. What do you, what would you say to people who, who wonder where you stand on that? No. Yeah. I mean, that's an obvious conversation for people to be having about me for sure. I mean, from my perspective, I do, I care a lot, like for sure. Like my interest in covering hip hop, where I feel like, you know, spending like 10 plus years of just doing BMX stuff and then transitioning into doing the hip hop stuff is like, it really, I, I, sometimes people seem to wonder like why I could be so nonchalant around all these rappers and stuff is because it, it feels very much like these dudes are not so different than the BMX kids or the skateboarder kids that I was hanging out around at the skate park for all those years. You know, it's like, I genuinely really, really do care about the people that I'm interviewing. And that's what makes me want to give them an opportunity. And a lot of like my most cherished memories or the, like the things that have meant the most to me is for sure. When I have people telling me that like, Oh, that interview changed my life or that interview made me this amount of money or that interview put me in the position where I got to do this. And, you know, to have like a long ass Rolodex of, you know, largely young people of color who will say those things about me. I think it's like pretty much the only reason why I've been able to basically have this platform and to be able to continue to exist. Because I think that, you know, if my platform was founded on gossip or whatever, then that would be much, much harder to have it go over well, you know, like we try to have the conversations about uh, what's going on in the culture in like a mature way that doesn't necessarily glorify stuff. And I mean, certainly it happens from time to time that things get put out there in a way that doesn't look good from us. Uh, you know, this most recent stuff being an example of that. But I mean, ultimately, I feel like that's why we do so much of the stuff we do. Like that's why we did a video going to Compton and riding cowboy, uh, riding horses with the Compton saw Cowboys that. last week. My, man, my, my guys down there, the Compton Cowboys. I saw that. Yeah, that saw was. That. That was honestly a mind-blowing experience. I did not know they had horses in the hood. but uh, And that was my first time riding a horse was actually in Compton, which is kind of cool. But um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's like the media company or the podcast that I want to build is one that's about, you know, sort of building people up and glorifying their contributions and not necessarily, you know, finding ways to just stir the pot and like stir shit up between people. I know when this ASAP Ferg thing was happening the other day, I had a couple of people hitting me and being like, you know, you're you're hyping this up. Like you're the reason why this is in the, the headlines is because no jumper was the first place to post about the other ASAP members saying that Ferg was out of the group. And it's like, you know, that, that was a hard call for me at that moment. Like, am I the one that's sort of like causing conflict on a public level between these guys? Or am I just accurately reposting something that somebody said on their Instagram that is about a public figure? I mean, I know Dan, you've had these conversations on like a, a huge level like I, I even like stuff conversations we had during your podcast I still sort of like go back to all the time when I'm trying to figure out if I think that something is newsworthy you know I'm gonna be real with you the ASAP mob is a music collective if they're you know I mean look if it would have been different if one of those guys was like yo I'm gonna pull up and kill no the ASAP mob is a music collective like 
fucking temptations broke up. You know what I mean? Like if like and you you, you know what I mean? So like that's not a thing. Look, I, I think what we all like, remember, usury, exploitation, all of that, it's a part of the black experience in America. And I think very few white boys get to walk through that door. It seems like a lot do, but very few do. They're not like a lot of white boys that get to walk through the cultural door and like and chill and really do that. And I think, you know, you you've had a lot of brothers for, in the in the past that have vouched for you, but just the people that see, okay, well, now it's Odell and now it's Chief Keith and now it's all that and like are are Selena and um what's the other lady's name? Eliza. Eliza. Eliza, are they going to get on that podcast every single week? And celebrity lynch a different black dude every week. Well, and if that's gonna, a, it, the question I was just going to ask as well. Like, where do you go from here? Because what No Jumper has been um, compared to when you brought on this podcast with Thoughts Next Door and what they have done and or their episodes have been about and the audience that they're attracting going viral. How do you reason the two? I guess, like, where do you go from here with that? Yeah. I mean, how do you sort of, you know, I mean, yeah, that's the tricky part is like that we have, you know, as the business becomes bigger and bigger, it's just more and more inevitable that people are going to sort of break your content down and sort of judge it based on the most obvious example that they have right in front of their face. Like, I mean, I hear people, you know, clown on Vice from time to time. The reality is, is if you watch Vice News, they do some like actual incredible reporting on there. And, yeah. you know, but that doesn't tend to be like when you talk about Vice, you're tend to more likely, you know, people, people like if you wanted to sort of surmise the, the vult, Vice as a culture vulture institution, you would say like, what about all those videos where they have the little white guy with the glasses and he pulled up on Chief Keefe and, and Migos and they all had machine guns and shit. I mean, it's like, the big obvious examples are going to be the thing that people sort of tend to run their, their basic observations about you through. I think that, you know, having the Selena and Eliza thing go so viral repeatedly, it's kind of causing me to sort of consider like, you know, what, what do we need to do to create the proper balance where we're able to keep this going in the, the right way? Because I mean, at the end of the day, my, my, main objective with this is to really just like take people that are like young people that I think are talented who have a viewpoint on the culture and then basically put them in a position to be able to create content through my uh, platform that will be able to like sort of make my platform be able to like have a, a, a shelf life that goes beyond just me cranking out five podcasts a week because you know I don't know to what extent like people are going to want to see me when I'm 45 interviewing some new 16 year old rapper you know I'm not I'm not sure how long the shelf life is on that. And ultimately like with no jumper, I, my conversation since the beginning was always, I want to create the the media company that I want to see in the world. And I want to, you know, be able to, to, you know, basically like right the wrongs of the hip hop themed or based media institutions that I don't necessarily appreciate. Like a lot of the reason why I started no jumper was because there was stuff on world star that I thought was whack. And I wanted to do my own, version of that. So I think that, you know, like in particular though, I'm, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not sitting here acting like I have everything figured out because in reality, this is probably the biggest wave of that accusation that I've gotten in terms of their podcast in particular. And now I'm sort of like going through the stop process of like, okay, do I, do I like, is this sustainable for us to continue to have them sort of going in on whoever? But then at the same time, like I really relate to all the girls who hit me up 
and say, I've never watched No Jumper before, but I fucking love this. And, you know, that that's, uh, girl yesterday, Chief Key's baby mama is like, that's just like, that's a new girl that was on the podcast that they had never seen before. And now all these people are fucking with her and actually like appreciate her from hearing her talk on there. And I don't want to be like the elitist person that thinks that we're too good to have some, you know, quote unquote thoughts, like just airing out their personal lives. Like I actually think the lived experience of a quote unquote thought is pretty uh, interesting. You know, I've had like countless porn stars on the podcast and I'm like super fascinated by their life experiences. So, you know, I'm trying to figure out where we stand in all this and what we have to do to be able to sort of continue to exist, I guess. All right. Let me ask you this real quick. So somewhere right now, there's an actual human being, Odell Beckham Jr., who woke up this morning, right? And whatever he had done or didn't do, because we all know that this is true, by the way. First of all, we don't know that that actually fucking happened. And that's the first thing. That's another thing that we should talk about. There's no way for us to know that that happened. All right? By the way, I don't think I want to know. You know, but some things get... It was a pretty pretty detailed story. When I I listened to her say it, I was like, hmm. Right. Right. I mean, but look, there's no, we don't know that that happened, but what I'll say is this, what I, what, like, what, what I'll say is this, um, he woke up this morning to everybody knowing personal shit about him, personal shit about his life, or at least assuming personal things about him, personal things about his life, things that he liked, things that I, I don't think that uh, allegedly that I don't think he thought everybody was gonna, everybody was kind of gonna, gonna kind of like get wind of, right? The question is, Right now, as it sits, that interview has made your platform bigger. All right. Do you feel bad for Odell Beckham Jr.? Uh, do I feel bad for him? No. Like, I'm still, I'm still kind don't. of wrestling with the idea of if I should feel bad for him. I don't physically feel bad. I, I do feel like... I, I definitely, you know, I, I imagine how I would feel if I had some bizarre sexual desire, like to be shit on or whatever, which he allegedly is into. It's like, you know, I, I can't really imagine what it would be like to have something that I was really into in private and then to have it aired out because I just don't like me and my girlfriend, we pretty much like, you know, live our whole sexual careers on camera. Like we are totally okay with that. So yeah, I mean, I'm certainly conscious of that. I feel you know, I feel like he probably should have the right to not have that aired out. But the thing is, is like, I mean, that girl, she could have easily took to her Instagram story and said that same exact thing. I'm not 100% sure that like the shade room would have been as interested in it if it was just said on their Instagram story as opposed to my platform. But I mean, I can't, I also can't really say that I feel bad for like, you know, letting a couple of random girls have a conversation on camera. I don't really feel that you know, complicit, especially because like I was sitting there in the other room watching that. I didn't even know who she was talking about because I missed the beginning part. And I'm like looking at all my employees like, wait, who got shit on? Like, we, we got to figure this out. Who got shit on? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> all right. All right. Look, look, thought you, I knew you were getting it. I was thinking, I, I, I actually was like, yo, man, I, I do hope because I've watched a couple of them. I, 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 I do hope that a situation doesn't happen where that platform and that particular podcast every single week is used to destroy somebody else. Same. Because they into some freaking Especially because you say there's more to it, like in your conversation. So I'm like, what more do they have to offer? Because I don't see anything but that. Like tells of a thought is is all like that they seem to be telling. And I want to hear more. 
more. Yeah, we need more pre-production. I guess because I know a lot. Like there are a lot of thoughts out there, so I know thought stories. I want to hear more from them. You know, like you see talent in them. I want to see what's what it is. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much more. You know, I want to hear. I mean, like, well, I want to hear what I. But I'm saying he's saying there's more beyond the thought tales. I want to hear more than that. Tell tell all the thought tales you want. Just stop dropping people's names in it. But you know that's what, I mean? what like, they're known like, for. Like, stop that's dropping what they're people's known names for. Like, you know, you should, the seven sons, perfect example. The seven sons thing went viral. Ain't nobody name get dropped. Every member of the sons can say Nor the team. Nor the, oh, yeah. wait, she didn't say the no, sons. She, she didn't she say the sons. She aired it out, like, uh, in the comments immediately afterwards. Because she didn't say it in the video what team it was. Did she? Yeah, she didn't say it in the video. But then somebody say. asked in the comments and she aired it out, like, immediately. Yeah. What but see, the thing that? is, <laughs> every guy, every guy on the Suns, because she didn't say a name, every dude can say it wasn't me. Right. So everybody has deniability. But the no, but moment she, that you... she ended up listing the whole, the whole, oh, Jesus fucking the whole starting okay. lineup, all I think. Right. All right, Adam, Adam, you are not helping the case here. All right, Adam. All right, Adam. All right, Adam. All right, Adam. Look. This is look, who they are. Look, like you, do you, I've never asked you this. Do you think you're a culture vulture? Um, no, nah, no. Nah. I mean, it's kind of weird because. You know, I was, I was saying this to somebody the other day where it's like, clearly the only thing that made me think that it would be okay for me to like start doing so many rap interviews was the fact that my experience on earth was always like way more drawn towards black art, music, movies, et cetera, than white stuff, to be totally honest. And I'm still, I'm still kind of like piecing together why that's exactly the case. I'm not hundred percent sure about that, but you know, my, my, like, you know, reading Twitter now and being like, damn, like there's all these black people that are mad at me. Like, that's kind of like, it's a weird experience for me because I always felt like extremely comfortable around black people. And I always felt like they sort of like, you know, really fucked with me. And that's what sort of like made me feel like the podcast thing was like no big deal for me to start it. And now I've sort of had to like deal with like, a, a very large percentage of black people who are not necessarily my daily podcast listeners and not necessarily people that have hung out with me in real life, having opinions about me. And, you know, it, and it's kind of weird too, because it's like, do you want to put a lot of effort into like appeasing the people that don't really give a fuck about you and are probably never going to give a fuck about you? Or do you want to sort of like double down on appealing to your base? And I, I kind of go back and forth with it because, hmm. um, you know, I think there's something to be said for both of those. I. Okay. Adam, uh, that is this is Adam Twenty Two. He is the head guy over at No Jumper. Is there anything that you want to plug before you get out of here? Um, yeah, just shout out to anybody who watched this. Shout out Van. Shout out to Rachel. There, it was a good talk. Um, shout out to Joe Budden. I heard him talking about you the other day. I was I was clued in. I was. <laughs> I'm going to do you a favor and not ask you how you feel about that. But, you know, we out here. I'll tell you, I don't feel in any way. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, that's some good content. And nobody, no, no, Bill Simmons got called out. So someone, there is a victim. He's the Odell in that situation. <laughs> right, there, it there it is. I don't feel in any way. All right. Pooped on. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are out of here. Appreciate you guys. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment. So it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, 
all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right. Uh, well. Woo! Uh, answered all the questions. I mean, you yeah. know. Look, man, I'll tell you what. He he what? He what? What are you going to say? Well, no, I think I think you thought maybe I was going to be. Do you think I was going to be a little tougher on him? I just I thought I thought he answered the questions. I might not agree with everything he said, but I thought like you hit him head on about, you know, what how he's making black men look. And I talked about him exploiting women and, you know, he answered everything straight up. I'll be honest. I don't know how that podcast survives. The podcast with uh, the two thought, ladies. Thought, thoughts, thoughts, thoughts next door. Thoughts next door. You don't I mean, know how po- I it's in the it's in the title. You know, like their thoughts. It's all about talking about a thought experience. You know, I don't. What has you made have an them, issue? Do you have an issue with like thoughts in general? I know plenty. Oh, who are they? Like, where are they at? Oh, let me let me put on my Selena and Eliza hats. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, here's the thing, though. I think that there's a way to have a good time and talk about all of that stuff without victimizing people. Yeah, I think I, back I mean, in the day, so, people might have called me a thought. Oh, oh. I think I think it's a ter- I think oh. it's a term. I think it's a term that's used around loosely. Like I think back in the day, I dated a lot of like athletes, you know, and I dated. You know, maybe somebody name we mentioned on the show before. And uh, I'm just saying, yeah, you don't hmm. know. You don't know. Hmm. You don't know. Or hmm. I've, you know I'm what not- I'm saying? And so I think that I think there was a time where people could be like, oh, like all she dates is this, this, this and this, you know, and might say that I was a thought. So I'm not I don't have anything against hmm. that. It's just more of how they're using their platform. Oh, we could talk after with your interesting comments. Uh, no, well, I'm, so- no, 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 I'm not. I, I'm just saying. You you felt at one point that you were castigated for that people thought that about you. Were, were there ever any whispers about that? Yeah. Yeah. Because of who I dated or who I knew, even being associated with a certain person mm. that was thrown around, even if I, I wasn't see. doing anything. Right. Right. And they, were like, and they were like, oh, so being that that, being that, that happened to you. <laughs> what? Said, what? Said what? Too much. What? <laughs> what? I'm saying. No, go being ahead. A, being that that happened to you, do you feel like it's interesting that you had that experience because it seems like sometimes you have a very strong reaction to women who are perceived that way now. That it doesn't also, seem. Also, you think I'm defensive? No, I don't think you're defensive. I think that I don't think you're defensive. I think if if anything, 
I would have never thought that you would have had that phase because it seems like you get you get so sort of turned off. Well, he, no, by, I don't like people talking about it. So here's my mm. thing. I don't judge people for what you do. You do you. And I do think that there is empowering and you owning what you do. But why do you have to talk about it, maybe glorify it or, you know, put yourself out there in a way for people to put that on you? Like if you do it and you own it in your own private life, good for you. Just like we're talking about Odell and maybe what he likes sexually. That's fine for him privately. But unless he himself wants to put that out, it's just that's my thing. Yeah, that, my my thing my thing is if if you like something if you want to have something done to you or if you like something sexually right uh, and you want to discuss it you want to discuss how many sexual partners you have you want to discuss all of that stuff that's fine but once you start discussing things that are going on with a party um, to me going on in that place uh, going on a a a, 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 a a, a, a podcast and talking about what someone else likes sexually is just like releasing their nudes. Yeah. It, it, to me, to me, it's the same thing. It's a violation. It's a trust that you had with somebody. And for whatever reason, for clout, for clicks, for likes, for whatever, you go on there and then you tell exactly what this person likes, right. what you did to them, how you did it, and you use their name. That's sharing a secret with somebody that uh, 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 sharing a secret saying somebody's secret with everyone else, I think mm-hmm. it's tawdry. I think it's fucked up. Yeah, I, don't, I do too. I, now, I think I Odell Beckham Jr. will be okay because at the end of the day, I don't think any and anybody values their opinion, these women. Like, it might be it might be hot for 12 hours. It might be trending on Twitter. Odell already put up an Instagram picture and made fun of it. But at the end of the day, he's going to keep playing making his millions, doing his thing. And they, and they were hot for 12 hours outing him out on his sexual, allegedly his sexual desires. Allegedly. They, you know All allegedly. I mean? like it's, it's, it, 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 yeah. Don't, I, I don't think anybody values what they say. Okay. So, um, is this dumb? Is the name of the sex. Okay. This segment is starring Nicole Young, the uh, estranged wife of one Mr. Andre Young, okay. better known as Dr. Dre. According to reports, she wants $2 million a month in temporary spousal support. $2 million a month in temporary spousal support. Okay? Okay. $2 million a month to temporary spousal support. Um, 1.936399. And there's a breakdown of exactly everything that she wants. I need to find this breakdown. I got uh, it. You have the breakdown. Let I everyone know you. what is the breakdown of what Nicole Young wants All in right. terms of... Yeah, go, I'm going to start homework. with the most expensive thing she is asking per month. $900,000 a month for entertainment. Okay. $135,000 a month for clothes. $125,000 a month for charitable contributions. I guess kudos to her for that. Uh, $60,000 a month for education. 
tuition and living expenses. I don't, is she going back to school? Is this for the children? I'm not, I'm not quite sure what's happening here. $20,000 a month for telephone, cell phone, and email, a hundred thousand dollars a month for mortgage and $10,000 a month for laundry and cleaning. Hmm. $10,000 a month for laundry and cleaning. That's um, the only one that seems a, a tad. That's the only one that seems to make a little sense to me. Right. So <laughs> you are on whose side in this? Dr. Dre. You're on Dr. Dre's side. Now, although I, yes, I'm an attorney. No, I did not practice family law. That is a very specialized area of law that I don't know that much about. And it varies from state to state. But she signed a prenup. Okay. In 1996, she signed a prenup. Why are we here? Now, she is is claiming she did it under- What does the prenup say? Well, I, I don't know what it says. And I don't know if we're privy to that. But she claims that she signed it under duress. She was forced to sign it. Now, this is a statement that's made 20 plus years later once you're divorcing him. You never made this claim before. Um, let's just say, let's just play with the idea that she was, she was forced to sign it. It still does not justify $2 million a month in expenses. And I think that is why this is dumb, in my opinion. I think that they will probably end up settling. She will not get the $2 million a month that she wants. But if she maybe asks for a lesser amount, she could get what she needs instead of what she wants. Like $900,000 a month for entertainment. What is hmm. that? Is that See, an OnlyFans subscription? I don't understand yeah. what, what kind of, what kind of hmm. money you're spending I'll be a month for that. That shows me that you don't know very much about negotiating. I'm sorry. You know? Oh, which part? Be- which part is that? Why would you? You don't start low to get the most that you got. You start high. Correct. At, but she also signed a prenup. That's right, a legally binding agreement. I, but, and not if it was sound, uh, not if it was signed under recess. You know what I mean? Duress. Like, oh, duress. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> recess is <laughs> signed under recess. Think about it. Everybody's going out to play dodgeball and tetherball. And she signed the prenup. <laughs> it's like everybody's playing duck, duck, goose. And she's over in the corner being forced to sign a prenup, a prenup at recess. <laughs> Nicole, uh, it's over. Um, so, uh, look, I'll be honest with you. The question is, is this dumb? I'll be real. I don't know. Like, Dr. Dre got a a billion dollars, right? I don't know how much it takes per month to be Nicole Young. I don't know. Uh, Like, So people, and and, and that's another thing to me. Everybody was on there like, it can't cost this so much. It can't cost that much. You don't know. But You don't know what it costs. Which is the one I said? Which is the one I said? I didn't touch a mortgage. I didn't touch dry cleaning. I didn't touch tuition, even though I don't know if, if that's the kids or what, but I would imagine they would split that cost. I don't know why she needs it just for herself unless she's going back to school. And she says that she was deprived of her education because she heard of her duties to him as a wife and as a mother of the children. Do they, they have children, right? They have, they have kids. Yeah, sure. They have kids. Um, I went for the almost nearly a million dollars a month in entertainment. So let's put it this way. I, I'm not saying that she deserves it, but I, what I'm saying is I can't say that she doesn't. How do you know that twice a month they don't go to the Maldives? Maybe they fly private. Maybe they, you know what I'm saying? Maybe they like, maybe she has Usher come out you won't win once a week court. and sing. I don't know. What I'm saying is I like these people, I know people that are on Instagram and they are, actually, I don't know them, but I know them. Instagram know them and they on vacation every week. Those are sponsored and trips. Some, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. They're on vacation every week. Every week, it's like, hey, I'm in Tulum. 
hey, guess what? I'm in Cabo San Lucas. Guess what? I'm in Brazil. Hey, check me out. I'm in Brazil. Uh, I'm in uh, I'm in Belize. Hey, check me out. I'm in Dubai. By the way, we know what's going on when you guys just hop up and go to Dubai. Eh, we know what's happening. We know what's going on there. Okay. Like, yeah. just be careful when sure. you're out there in Dubai. End up having to have fucking have Liam Neeson come out there and, and, and get you back. Okay. We know what's <laughs> going on. You know what I mean? Like, we we know what's going on when you're in Dubai. So just you know. So I don't know how much she's spending. And they are so crazy rich. That there is no way for me to say how much she actually deserves. So is it dumb? I don't know. Plus, I don't know what they're trying to do. Like, is she trying to get maybe a million a month? Let me also just say this breakdown is fishy, right? Like, there's no way that it is written like this in any type of legal brief, motion to the court. Like, that's not how it's written. I don't know who got a hold of this. Maybe they just summarized it. Um, and we, we don't even know if this is true, right? Like, this hasn't been confirmed by then. This is just what's floating out there. Oh, I think it was reported, and I think it was uh, it, it, there's some pretty solid reporting, um, from an organization. T- oh, TMZ. I, I don't know. Uh, that is who. Uh, that, that's. Uh, I just looked at the article. Normally, so. normally, normally. <laughs> so okay, fine. I, normally, fine. normally, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty much because it probably came directly from. Let the me lawyer. let me ask you a question. <laughs> so so just to let you get, just to let you know if they put it in there, most likely it came directly from the lawyer. So Let it's me ask you true. a question. Sure. You get married mm-hmm. and you have your fiance at the time sign a mm-hmm. prenup. Because there's also a thing called right. a postnup, okay? A, that you can, post-nup. you sign after the marriage. So like mm-hmm. you get married and maybe you start a business or whatever and you sign something after. Like you, you can sign that at any time during right. the marriage. But the prenup is before. So you get, you're getting married and you have your fiance sign a prenup. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, something pops off, you become a billionaire. And oh. then you like, that? yeah, you like That's this? I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Let me keep talking. Let me Tell keep me going. More. Yeah. <laughs> so you become a billionaire mm-hmm. and you built this Van Lathan empire Ooh. and 20 plus years later, she's like, you know what? I'm out. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's fair that she is now asking for whatever amount of money that exceeds the prenup that she so she signed. I don't know. I don't know if it was forced or not, but she signed. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Let me tell you why I would give her whatever she wanted. I'll tell you, you why. These are lies. Tell Wait you until you build Van Lathan Empire. I, 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 I tell you, I'll tell you why I would give her whatever she wanted. Number why? one, because I'm a billionaire, which means I am inherently evil because I'm a billionaire. So because I'm a so billionaire. all billionaires are evil. Shout out to Tyler Perry, who just became a billionaire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when he right. stays doing things for the community, they're all evil. You got you to become evil. To st- okay. Okay. Mm, and, okay. And what amount of money do you become evil? Is it, is it half, half, half a billion? A, a lot million? less than a billion. A, mil- a lot less than a billion. Anyway, here's the deal. Here's the deal. So uh, all billionaires, let's not say evil, at the very least exploitive, right? So like, like so sure. I, would ha- I would give her the money because... I know that she probably knows where some of those bodies are buried along the way. See, I don't think that actually Dr. Dre wants Nicole Young doing too much yappity yap. I don't think, because she could either get the money from the prenup or she can get the money from the bookity book. She can get the money from the, uh, like, living on death row. The Nicole Young story. <laughs> See, you know I what feel mean? like she like, wasn't privy she, to that information. I feel shit. Like- 
She like whatever was going on back then. I guarantee you, she know about it. Like she, like she, whatever was happening, she can either get like they're gonna find out. Let me tell you what's gonna happen with this. Haven't seen this a lot, right? This exorbitant stuff is part of the tactic. You know this. They're gonna find a good number, and they're gonna settle. Yes. Because what Dr. Dre wants more than anything is for his ex-wife Nicole Young to go have a nice, safe, quiet. Right. Life. <laughs> quiet life somewhere. That's what he wants more than anything, okay? And okay. what he wants to be Dr. Dre, he wants to go find another one, you know what I mean? Find, do something else, whatever. You might see Dr. Dre pop up with a, with a little baby at some point in the future because he got a lot more money to make. So whatever she's doing with the $900,000 a month, her entertainment, she's going to have that entertainment forever. I don't care if it's $50 million, $100 million, whatever it is, enough money for her to go chill. Because the last thing that he wants is for her to figure out, is for her to feel like she has to go out there and make money. Because if she has to go out there and make money, that's when the reality shows and the books and the interviews <laughs> and all of that stuff comes in. I'm sure that's in the that's covered in the prenup for her not to be able to talk about those things. It's always pretty, pretty, pretty sure that's the case. But I'm pretty sure she's taken care of regardless in the first prenup. It's just the fact that since she signed it, he has become a billionaire. And now things have changed. Hey, made a lot of money. Made a lot of money. Look, look, here's the thing. If you're that rich or if you think you're going to be that rich, go ahead and sign the prenup. But if you know, if it's all about love, uh, you're married. Do you have El prenup? I don't say I didn't sign a prenup. I mean, I didn't have him sign a prenup or either way it goes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Either way it goes. I didn't, I'm the attorney. Stop. I'm the attorney. So it'd be more so coming from me. Shut up. You you got shows upon shows (laughs) upon shows. All of this stuff. The point is. I didn't sign a prenup, and he didn't Brian, sign a prenup. Brian gonna be living La Vida Loca. But you know what's your, funny? Like, I always off, said off. I would do that. I always said I would have uh, whoever I was with sign a prenup, and then I fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! All right, uh, look. Um, this podcast has been a little bit uh, uh, lighter hearted, but I do want to speak on a couple of things. Just talk about a couple of things that 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 have been going on the last couple of days. Um, just so people know where we are in the election, uh, Donald Trump seems to have got a small bump from uh, the momentum of the Republican, the Republic National, Republican National uh, Convention, the Republican Convention, whatever. Uh, that bump seemingly has dissipated, and you're seeing Joe Biden uh, ahead by about seven points nationally. Okay, the battleground states are going back and forth. Uh, well, Joe Biden is ahead in most of the battleground states, I think, except for Texas, which is not really a battleground state, but it's kind of in play this year. Um, uh, Things seem to be holding pretty steady in terms of the trends. I did read something that said uh, the Trump campaign was running out of money. They they had to, yeah, they had to pull back uh, a little bit of the purse strings. Things uh, are kind of not really rolling for the campaign. So I'll just ask you, with, you know, we're here first week of September. Uh, the election is in November. How are you feeling right now? I mean, I, I'm i getting scared. And I don't know if that's just, I'm just anxious. I see the polls too. And yes, Biden is leading, but I just go back to, you know, four years ago when, when so was Hillary. And I guess I just get nervous. Of <clears throat> They call us the silent majority for a reason. 
you know, and are we just hearing the loudest voices or has the country really taken a turn from Donald Trump as opposed to four years ago? I, I'm getting nervous. I, I, what makes me nervous is how they're using law and order, how they're spewing these lies about defund the police, how they're making it seem like there's all this looting and rioting going on. When I just saw a poll the other day that said 93% of the protests are peaceful, but you wouldn't know that from the headlines or maybe what you're watching on TV. So my fear is, is that they're going to play into some of these fears of the, the, the silent majority who you're not hearing from, who aren't in these big cities and are watching what's happening on the news or reading in the headlines and say, you know what? We need somebody who's going to not dismantle the police, which is what the Trump administration is saying that Biden and, and, and Harris want to do. But we want someone who's going to get this country back in line. I am fearful that that narrative is if they're going to take it and run with it. And it is going to affect a lot of people. A lot can happen in the next 60 days. And if violence does increase and Trump keeps playing into it, I am very fearful that there will be a lot of people that will buy into that because what's not being talked about as much is the pandemic. What's not being talked about is the economy and how people are hurting or unemployment. All that's being talked about is law and order, and they are being very successful in changing the narrative around with that, that that's what we're talking about. I'm afraid for that. Yeah. You know what? You make a good point. Um, I was listening to 538 Politics, a fantastic podcast uh, about the polling and the way it works, specifically to states, but also across the country. And it was talking about the fact that, uh, you know, there are some ebbs and flows in some of the polling as it regards to the movements and the uprisings and the things that are happening in places like Rochester, which yeah. we're seeing uprisings right there. We've, we've seen some of that, the brass in Rochester up there just... Uh, I think the police chief and a couple of other people retired uh, because because of what what went on there. We talked about that um, uh, last week. Uh, does that give you pause? In is there any part of Rachel? Because I talked about this with my brother with this. Do you want people to maybe stop taking to the streets? I, I know mm-hmm. I know we we've kind of talked to this. It's affecting the polling a little bit. Is there any part of you that wants people to stop? I am not. At all. I don't want to all feel like that, but I know a lot of people who want people to stop maybe taking to the streets because it, uh, it's, it, they have a fear of a Trump administration. No, because I don't want to stop the momentum of what is going on, even sure. though it might not be as widespread as it was initially in May and June. And at the same time, I don't want to play into a narrative that Trump won. Right. I don't want to go back to what we were doing before. So I get it. I get the fear. I'm fearful of it as well. I just did a whole spiel about it. But we can't stop doing what we're doing. Um, we can't let Trump win in that sense. And we can't play into what he wants to see happen, which is us not talking about it, us doing nothing and going back to the way that things were. Yeah. So once again, we're going to, uh, uh, we talked about this with Stacey, fantastic Stacey Abrams. Yeah. I want people to know, uh, if you can hear my voice in Arizona, Florida, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Okay. Those are the four. To me, really, excuse me, Michigan. To me, really, Florida, Wisconsin, Michigan. uh, What about Ohio? Pennsylvania. Ohio's there, but like we're talking about the race being won and lost to me. Got you, got you, got you. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Florida. Florida. Really, really to me. Really to me. Uh, There are a lot of people that that think, you know, if he can win, if, if Biden can win Pennsylvania... 
Closing time. Come on, come on Scranton Joe. Come you know on. what I'm saying? Closing time. <laughs> come so on, out where, uh, get out there, vote early. Uh, I want to make sure that everybody knows exactly what they have to do. We're going to get as much information as we can to to so, so that you guys know exactly you know when you have to vote, the deadlines are, and all that stuff like that. Hoping to work more with Stacey's organization to, to give you that information. Um, I have to ask a question. Can I do a, a real quick, am I an asshole? <laughs> By all means. Love okay, this I segment. Read, I want to read a tweet, and I want everyone to, to, to weigh in on this. Is, is Am I an asshole as far as it's concerned? Okay. Uh, this is basically the tweet. The tweet basically talked about food sharing. I don't know if you saw this. Oh, I did see this. You're an asshole. You think that I'm an asshole? <laughs> you are. But go ahead. For, for those who did not see Van's tweet. So this ahead. is the tweet. This is the tweet that got me killed on Twitter. All right. So I don't share my food, but I will buy her as much food as she needs so she doesn't want mine. Am I stingy or not? You're stingy. And can I'm I explain stingy. why? Explain so you don't to me share, why I'm So stingy. you don't share your food in the no. same sense that you could buy her more food, right? So like, you know, like we're friends. You have some fries. I tried not, I tried not to order fries because I'm on low carb, but your fries look so good that I'm going to reach over and say, I'm going to ask first, right? I would never just reach over and grab mm-hmm. your fry. Van, can I have a fry? I'm actually going to reach while I'm asking because you're going to say yes, of course. That's what I would think. I grab the fry. You have a fit. You could order more fries for yourself, just like you could order more fries for me. Why, what, 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 what's the diff? What's the problem? What's the problem okay. there? It's not like I okay. took a bite out of your hamburger. Okay. That's, another, that's another Let's story. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. Okay, first of all, maybe I can order more fries. Maybe we're leaving the drive-thru and these are all the fries that are, that are there. This is what I would do. I would say to you, Better hey. Make a U-turn. I, this is what I would say to you. I would say, hey, Rachel, I'm going to get a burger and some fries. Fries here are really good, okay? They're good fries. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get another medium fry. Pick off of it if you want. Whatever you don't eat, guess what? Fat boy will eat it. Fat van, fatty cheeks. Guess what he'll do? He'll eat those fries. But I'm telling you right now, if you say you don't want any, that's not fair. Shut your mouth. Shut it down. <laughs> if you say you don't want any, then stick fair. to that. Stick to that. Cause like stick to that. Cause guess what I want? Every fry. No, I'm let fat. me tell you, that's I not want fair. Every fry that's in there. That and is so not fair. I get you your own fries. You can have them. And what if you don't feel like you want to eat them all? You're 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 low carb. That's fine. <laughs> you're, you're like you're low carb. Any fries that you don't that that you don't finish, I'll eat them. But check I'll this out. Them. You and you know I'm right on this. Sometimes you're like, nah, I'm really not in the mood for fries. And then they get in the car and you smell them. I can't, you know. And I, you it, smell them. And you know what I'm talking about, man. And they smell so good. You just want one fry, maybe two or three. Mm. Does it really hurt you that much that I took three fries from you? Yep, yep. It burns. Why? It hurts. It hurts because that's three fries I could have had. Because let me tell you something. There is <laughs> like, 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 it's like, like three fries is just to take the edge off. If you don't had a whole pack, three fries no, are not going to do that's anything bullshit. to you. <laughs> like it, I'm telling you straight up, the 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 most valuable thing in the carton of fries is the next fry, because one at one point. There's going to be a next fry. There's going to be no next fry. At one point, the fries are done. So the most valuable thing is it's almost like, let me tell you how, how crazy I am. 
there's like a little depression that starts to set in once I start working my way towards the end of the fries. <laughs> like once I start working my, I'm like, damn, you know, it's about to be over it, and there's no more. And if you can find, after you've eaten all the fries, if you can find this is true. one more fry. This is true. <laughs> if you can find one fucking more fry, it is like Christmas. It's true. Now, how do you think I'm going to feel knowing that I gave you that fry? No, that's why you take them off the top at the beginning and it's like no. it never happened. Are you like this in every aspect or just with food? Like you don't share do you anything. Like would you share my, would you share the blanket? If I'm cold, oh, you going to share the blanket? That's fine. But I will tell you this though. If I will share the blanket, but here's the deal. Here's the thing about See? that. See? I'll, I'll, I'll share the blanket, but understand something that I'm a big dude. So, so you get more? Like you I automatically, so my feet, I, my feet gotta be cold I because. Need, what size shoe do you wear? An eight. I wear a 14. So I just have bigger feet. So like, it makes more sense that more of the blanket I would need. Would I'm you get saying. up and go get me another blanket? Because. Yeah. Okay. I will, sure. By the way, I, I, I am a provider. See, I had a, I had a dad. And the, the dad was be the dad with the, my, the dad. My father told me, <laughs> you know, make sure she has as much as she needs. But Except- what people were what what people were saying on Twitter though, and this is the interesting thing. I really want to talk about this was that it's not actually about the food; it's about the sharing that and makes that, you an asshole. No, uh, yeah, personal <laughs> personal jab ad hominem attack. But it's about the fact that women want to know that you will share with them. That no, they I can don't just, play those games. I don't, you don't I play don't those play. games. If I want a fry, it's because I wanted a fry. I'm not testing you about sharing. I wanted a fry. I wanted to taste. I wanted to mm-hmm. get the edge off of the carb because I'm not trying to eat them. That's it. Right. I don't have right. time to think. I don't, I'm not. I'm not thinking that deeply. Maybe yeah. some people do. Man, let me not speak for all women. Me personally, I'm not. I'm not here to play that game. Right. Okay. All right. I'm just making sure. Just make just making sure. No, a, note to self. Note yeah. to self. Note to self that you can get that I'll buy you fries whenever you want. Whenever you want. See, people look at shit the negative. What I just said was you can always have whatever fries you want. You can have them. Mm-hmm. All right. What are you scared of this week? Anything? Anything scaring you out there? Uh no. I you know what? No, I'm scared for all the big delivery that's about to come into my apartment, and I'm not gonna have time to unbox all this stuff. My little sister comes in town too today, uh, this week. Your little sister, she's yeah. coming in town. Hmm. I'll have a pop up on the podcast. Have a have a pop up. Why not? Have a pop up. You know, we'll 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 get to we'll get to see because she went to a black school, right? No, she went to Texas with me. My older sister went to Spelman. Don't sound disappointed. <laughs> um, is there anything I'm afraid of? Uh, yeah, what are you afraid of this week? This week, are there any fears I want to share with the people? Yeah, uh, this week is bothering me a little bit. Um. Just from the standpoint, I feel like I feel like a lot of people are running out of gas, man. Like I, I, I wish we could all have a vacation from our problems. It's just been mm. such a heavy year. It doesn't feel like we're charging into the new year with re, re, with renewed vigor. It seems like it's just been such a heavy year. It, it feels like you don't feel this that people are just they're emotionally just breaking because. Things keep happening over and over and over again. Chad Bozeman dies and then all of these things happen. Like it just feels like 
like people are kind of at a stage where they're just like, fuck it, do your worst. Let me tell you what I hate right now is that you asked me, what am I fearful of this week? And I'm thinking we're talking about something very trivial. And I'm like, oh, all these boxes that are about to come into my apartment. That's how you are. <laughs> you hit me with, That's how you let are. me tell you what I'm fearful about. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's how you I feel are. Like, like I wish you? I would have asked you that question first. Right. You should have um, asked, but you don't care. You listen, <laughs> obviously we talk about it every week and um, it's, I'm actually glad and I hope that we give this to somebody else that we had this podcast where we were a little bit lighter, you know, um, that oh. the content wasn't as heavy because I feel like every time, not every time, but a lot lately when we come on, it's like something oh. else that we have to talk about something new. I mean, even before this podcast, I was listening to the daily and I was talking about Daniel Prude and what happened with him. And you heard a lot from his brother, the one who called oh. the police. So yeah, no, I obviously feel you. It, it's heavy. Just when you think you can breathe a little bit, it seems like something else is happening. I told you this yeah. before that when I turn over to look at my phone, when I wake up in the morning, I'm actually scared of what mm. the alert is going to be on my phone. Like what is happening now? Cities are burning. People are getting shot. The economy's terrible. You saw the video about the, the constable knocking on doors, evicting people. Like people are losing their homes. Let me tell you something. I walked in my neighborhood, my new neighborhood. I was walking Copper and I was excited to take him to the dog park and I walk like a mile to get there and I get to the dog park and all that's there are tents, nowhere mm -hmm. to even walk him, just tents. It's by the VA hospital. Right. So there, I mean, it's, I, you know, I've never lived here before, but I was talking to someone else about it and they were like, no, it's, it's sad. It's a lot of veterans that are there just camping out. I mean, as far as you can see tense. And it's, it's the reality that, you know, maybe you talk about, but just to see it right there in, in my face, it's, it's so, it's sad. It's scary. It's, it's just a lot. Yes. Ah, all right. Well, don't be afraid. Thought Wars. We are going to take care of all of these things. And by the way, we just talked about it. If you need to take a breath, take a breath. Yeah. I hope that all of you guys had a good Labor Day uh, holiday. Uh, and hopefully you got a chance to catch your breath. Uh, but if, when you need to take a breath, it's very important that you take a breath. Remember, you can still make a difference because you are still here. Hmm. All right. Take your thinking caps off, but don't stop learning. I am Van Lathan. And I am Rachel Lindsay. Peace out. Peace out.